Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, August 2nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're back at Chiefs training camp, and on today's show, you'll hear from quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He'll tell us why he bought into Sporting Kansas City, among other topics. Beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, along with columnist Vahe Gregorian, share their observations from Chiefs camp on a show that originated as a Sportsbeat Live. So we had plenty of participation from the audience. A programming note, we'll bring you one more Sportsbeat Live today at 3 o'clock from Chiefs Training Camp at Missouri Western. Please send us your questions and comments. Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsbeat Live from Chiefs Training Camp. This is a show where we talk about the Chiefs with you. Send us your questions and comments and before we introduce our fine panelists today, let's um, give thanks to our sponsor, Sheet Metal Workers Local Union Number 2. Appreciate you being on board, guys, and we'll hear from them later in the show. So scattered all over the second floor of Bloom Hall here on the campus of Missouri Western State University are Herbie Teope, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell. Good to see you guys, and uh, and Vahe, a special welcome to you, uh, joining us for the first time this week. Um, you look good, Vahe. I hope you sound good. We'll, we'll see about that. How's how's that sound? Uh, echo, echo, <laughs> niner. <laughs> uh, you sound great. I think who else is going to sound good? Um, Patrick Mahomes and some other players who met the media today. And we had a good conversation with, with them at the at the podium. This is the first time we got a chance to talk to Patrick Mahomes since learning of his investment in yet another professional sports team in Kansas City. We're talking, of course, about sporting Kansas City. Uh, that news came out at midweek. So uh, this was his first opportunity to speak to that uh, purchase. And let's just right off the top, let's hear what Patrick Mahomes had to say from questions asked by Sam McDowell. Yeah, I mean, I started a couple of years back, um, just kind of, and then kind of building that relationship with the the Illigs, um, the people over there at Sporting, uh, just loving the way that they they run their business and how they've kind of really invested into that team. Um, and then my love of soccer, uh, starting with Brittany, uh, that I really wanted to be a part of it. And she had the K uh, NWSL team, and that's her thing. And I wanted to do my own thing in a sense. And uh, and then always supporting the Kansas City community. I mean, that's such a big part of the Kansas City community with the soccer community that we have here. So being a part of that was uh, something special. The community has embraced me from day one. Um, uh, when I was behind Alex and they were supporting Alex, they still showed me love. Um, and then whenever I came into the starting role, they always believed in me. And so uh, I want to show that same love back to the community that they shown me this entire time I've been here. Another one on the stock before we get to football. Your owner of this football team owns a team that you're going to be yeah. competing against now. Do you guys have any conversations yet about little FC Dallas? We, we, we haven't yet. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that, not until you just said that, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a little little rivalry there. I think they play literally like up, upcoming week, so uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have a friendly uh, little uh, rivalry in that sense, but at the same time, uh, I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's a great owner, and Clark, and he's a great guy, so it'll just be more, nothing more than friendly, a uh, little rivalry. You're right. They play Saturday, I believe. Sporting Kansas City plays uh, FC Dallas, which is Clark Hunt's uh, team or has some ownership in him. So, Sam, you've spent more time than any of us covering Sporting Kansas City. Uh, how did uh, how do you think the news was re- received in the soccer community? 
Well, I mean, when Patrick Holmes joins your ownership group, I don't think you're going to complain about it, right? Um, Peter Vermees was asked about it on Wednesday, maybe. And um, was really excited to have Patrick Mahomes on board. And obviously, sporting is as well. You know, they, they've formed a relationship with Mahomes. You know, he used to go to games when he was a rookie there. And uh, they pointed out the fact that what was most interesting is he would come before the game and stay until it was over. He was there truly to be a fan and watch the game more than he was just to make an appearance and, and be seen out there. So um, shortly after that, met the ownership group. And shortly after that, uh, expressed an interest to, to be involved in, in some form or fashion. We saw, we saw that come together with the Royals last year. We've seen it with uh, his fiance, Brittany Matthews, with uh, the, the women's soccer team in Kansas City. And now Patrick Mahomes, they, they have – a full monopoly now on uh, <laughs> on Kansas City sports culture, I think. And can I chime in, Blair, real quick? Please. We've kind of talked about nice, this. First of all, it's, it's nice, nice to see you ended your holdout. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you up here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see where I'm sitting. Uh, it, it's a story in itself, but uh, I'll save that for another time. Um, no, just this, and it's, it's sort of a fantasy island, but sort of, Stating the obvious, I, I you do wonder as Patrick keeps building equity as his contract moves along, um, if at some point he'll be interested in becoming part of the deep pockets group it would take to bring in a, a franchise um, in the NHL or NBA. That uh, seems to be the only uh, only gap in the Kansas City sports sports game these days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, I wanted to cover the. Uh, Patrick Mahomes soccer story right off the top because usually we save that for the sort of the notes and news from training camp. Let's turn to Herbie. Um, Herbie, who was who was here today and who were the Chiefs missing at training camp today? Well, virtually it's the same same group from yesterday. Uh, Travis Kelsey, who left practice Thursday with the tight back and tight uh, hip. He wasn't on the field when they started out with stretching, but he eventually joined probably about an hour into practice. He walked on the field without his helmet, white baseball cap on, and he was just hanging out in the sidelines, chatting it up with the offensive players and the fellow, his fellow tight ends. Anthony Hitchens did get back on the field uh, with his helmet. I don't think he did too much, though, because uh, when the Chiefs started rolling out with team-related drills, it was Ben Neiman. Nick, the rookie Nick Bolton and their second-year pro Willie Gay Jr. Uh, Hitchens was probably relegated to mostly just an observer-type role. And, and that is a smart move because it is a hamstring injury that he injured or he tweaked on Wednesday. Uh, you don't want to be out there with a, with any hamstring issues in this weather. Uh, and, and so you had Kyle Long, uh, Armani Watts. Uh, they were also off to the side. Darwin Thompson was not here again today. He, he remains on the reserve COVID list. Uh, Nick Kaiser also did not work, and defensive end Malik Herring did not work. Okay, and I didn't mention this in our production meeting, you know, our production lunch that spilled over well into the afternoon, but uh, I, will, uh, uh, I will call on you each to, uh, as we did yesterday, tell me the, the best thing you saw at practice today. I probably should have given Vahe a heads up on that before, like now. But uh, uh, but we'll we'll somehow uh, ad lib our way through that later in, in the show. But let's go back to Patrick Mahomes for a second. Um, uh, Vahe, I know you had a line of questioning specific for Mahomes, and it related to something that he said at the um, at the golf tournament. Was it the Lake Tahoe golf tournament? Um, this the the, the, the century, um, whatever, I, I forgot what it's called now, but uh, 
uh, American Century Classic, right? And uh, you know, we talked about the the, the Chiefs' uh, objective being twenty and zero. Listen, it's the objective of every player in the NFL, right? To to go twenty and zero. Not many people speak it though, and it was in an interview that he conducted out there. I don't think it was with a reporter, although the person had a microphone in her hand and asked the question. But it got out there, and uh, it was interesting enough for you to follow up on it today. What did uh, what did you learn from Patrick Mahomes projecting twenty and zero? Well, a, a couple of things, Blair. One thing was that um, you know he didn't he didn't walk it back, and and he didn't he didn't mean to not say it. He did mean to say it that day. It, 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 if you look back at the interview, he was it appeared he was looking for the opportunity to say it, and I think. He sort of reiterated what we might have made of it at the time, which was that I don't know if it was to light a fire, but I do think it was to make a point that we, you know, we, I'm him speaking now, um, I, I have every reason to think that we're going to raise the bar and every, that everybody's going to uh, uh, need to bring it again. And, you know, in case anybody's had any thoughts of complacency or anything like that, which, yeah, you know, I think could kick in even if you get blown away in the Super Bowl like they did. The thing I thought that was interesting today was he did sort of zero in more on the uh, the Chris Kleiman uh, win the dang day concept. He didn't use those words, but but that that's what struck me. He he seemed to be, and maybe it's just a camp mentality anyway, right? But the idea is we're going to win every day, and that that's today's sort of the only day we can control. So. I, I still think it's kind of uh, fascinating that he did it, um, but I don't think it's one of those things that's uh, I think it has staying power with the, the, the Chiefs in a way if they wanted to. He said he hadn't really said it directly to the team, though. But you asked him about it today at, uh, at training camp, and we have his responses to that. So, Beth, let's go ahead and play the, uh, the 20-0 clip from Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, uh, I'm sorry if you talked about this the other day, but when you made that 20 and 0 remark, how much had you thought of that ahead of time? And how much, what were you trying to do with that? And have you continued to convey that point among your teammates? Yeah, you do in a sense. I mean, you do in a sense that you're trying to win every single day. Um, and, and that starts out here in training camp. If you, I mean, every single year I come into it, I'm trying to win every single game. I'm trying to go 20 and 0, 19 and 0, whatever it is. Um, it's really hard to do. That's why it has only been done really one time. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're trying to go in with that mentality. You're going to win every single day so that when you get to those game days, you have the best chance to win every single game. Have you, have you said it out loud here? And, and did you, was there some kind of message in it? Um, I, I haven't said it out loud here. I mean, I think guys hear it and they understand it. But at the same time, you got to keep it in perspective. And we understand it's a long process going throughout this entire season. Um, so we're just going to try to do whatever we can to win every single day. Uh, if that's practice, film room, whatever that is. Uh, so put us in the best opportunities to go out there and win, that, win as many games as possible. Fair enough, right? Um, and look, a 20 and 0 is a you know a daunting proposition. No, no team has ever done it, accomplished it. Uh, but the Chiefs have won more games over the past two seasons than anybody in the NFL. So if anybody has a, you know, if you had to put the, um, you know, a, a apply odds to a team that that could do it, uh, the, the top team would be the Kansas City Chiefs for that. So um, interesting stuff from from Patrick Mahomes. I thought he had some other interesting stuff today uh, as well. I, I jotted down a few things. We don't have them on on uh, on audio here, but 
Um, he was asked about the, the Creed Humphrey snaps from yesterday, Herbie. Don't you? I know we we kind of noticed that uh, you know there were a couple of snaps where uh, you know that uh, just just you know bad bad snaps on on Creed Humphrey's part. But I thought it was interesting that uh, Mahomes took the he took the blame for one of those. Um, so uh, look, don't, it's this is a time of year to get that kind of out of your system, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna have issues with a snap. Yeah, if you're going to have issues with the snap, this is the time because you don't want to do it during the regular season game for sure. And you might even give him a mulligan during <clears throat> the preseason games, but that's just Patrick Mahomes showing his leadership. You know, he's not going to throw his teammates under the bus. I mean, to us, it looked like a bad snap, but, you know, but for Mahomes to step up and say, no, that's on me, that's leadership to me. We also, uh, he was also asked specifically about a couple of players and, and in kind of in reaction to some comments that we'd heard earlier in camp, one about Nicole Hardman, he and, you know, Patrick Mahomes not working together over the summer, but he was very complimentary of Nicole Hardman. And he was asked specifically about uh, Jarek McKinnon, somebody we've talked a lot about here just this week and um, called him a, uh, he's going to be a playmaker. So I know we've had uh, Michael and others have asked about, uh, about Jarek McKinnon and we've talked about it a lot, but have, did you see anything today, Herbie from, from McKinnon that, uh, that, that you kind of hadn't seen before in, in camp? No, he's given us what we think he's going to be. And that's going to be your change of pace running back. Uh, you know, he, he's clearly behind, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as well as Daryl Williams. But, you know, when third down situations, he's a perfect situational type running back. You know, we're talking about a 5'9", 209-pound running back who, who's going to be really shifty out of the backfield, and you can line him up as a wide receiver. And that's that's the kind of player that they – that's the kind of player they think he's going to be in this offense. And don't forget, Andy Reid, during mandatory minicamp, was raving about how McKinnon was was adjusting to the passing aspect of the Chiefs' offense, and he even said, "Hey, I can't wait to get this guy in training camp to see what he can do." And so far, so for so good. Yep, yep. Okay, hey, before we take a break, let's get to a couple of questions here. Um, uh, Michael asked about uh, Justin's Twitter. Uh, does it carry any weight? I think it was you're referring to Justin Houston on social media, and I think it was his Instagram account where he's there's a picture of him pretty ripped. And he's you know, working out, and he's wearing a Chiefs helmet. Um, Sam, I know you saw that. What what do we? Uh, he's 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 out there. Uh, I guess he's available. Um, is this a possible target for the Chiefs? Justin Houston, old friend, Justin Houston. Yeah, I mean, I would never say never to something like that. I can tell you that there's, that, you know, he's not out here now, um, and that you know there, he's been available all off season. The Chiefs' needs have been what they are off, all off season as well. I, I think he's a guy that has other teams interested in him as well. So um, when they when they moved on from Justin Houston two years ago, uh, three three years ago, once this season is uh, <laughs> starts, but they shifted the culture of the defense as well, and that that simultaneously happened with Steve Spagnuolo's entry. And Justin Houston's departure, so I think it would be an odd fit to bring him back just because he's been a Chiefs before. A member of the Chiefs before doesn't mean that he's been a member of this specific culture before. So um, I, I think when they moved on from him, that that was a goodbye um, and not temporarily. But like I said, you, in the NFL, I, Herbie will tell us better than any better than anybody else here. You never say never in the NFL with anything. Vahe, you were here when he left. I, I was here when he left as well. It was after the 2018 season, after the loss to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I, you know, obviously spent the last couple of years with the Colts. I, 
I just remember thinking it was, uh, even though it wasn't spoken, there was acrimony there. And uh, But listen, it was a different defensive coordinator. Uh, Brett Beach was new on the job as general manager. Things do change. And um, I don't know. Uh, it, he, I, I think he's going to be, maybe the next time we see him at Arrowheads at the Ring of Honor ceremony, I don't know if we'll see him there in, his, uh, in a Chiefs uniform again. Well, I, I think it's interesting, Blair, because I do think – the departure, as Sam said before, was a little bit of a um, emblematic of the cultural shift at the time, right? Whether it was schemes or culture, and it, it seemed to me, of course, they were clearing clearing room to make some other deals and things like that. But it seemed to me they determined um, he's not essential, and I think that they've rebuilt this in such a way now that uh, I, I, I'd have to account for the possibility of him coming back. But I don't, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure what others see in him is what the Chiefs see in him at this point. And, and Brian, here's something else. Here's something else to consider, Blair. You know, the Colts have not re-signed him, and there's a heavy Chiefs influence over there in Indianapolis with Chris Ballard and even Anthony Coughlin, one of their former, or excuse me, one of their scouts who used to work here with the Chiefs as well. And the fact that they have not brought him back speaks volumes. That's a good point, Herbie. And um, uh, but Brian asks, uh, are the Chiefs set at that position at defensive end? What's our, what's you know this, what's the, what's the depth chart say about that? And you know we we've, we spoke a lot yesterday about Chris Jones kicking out, and of course Frank Clark. Um, uh, should the Chiefs feel good about the rotation at defensive end? I think a lot of this is going to depend on it. number one, if Frank Clark is suspended, and number two, how long will he serve a suspension? If it's four games, uh, I think you have enough bodies there with Alex Okafor uh, leading the pack there to have some kind of rotation. You know, if if it's a longer type suspension, then I would be very concerned. Okay, hey, let's take a break and hear from our friends from Sheet Metal Workers Local Union Number Two. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every day you hear the sounds of unions and probably don't even know it. They're all around you. They are essential workers from many unionized industries going to work day in and day out to ensure Kansas City continues to grow and thrive. Union workers are building a better Kansas City. Since 1888, Sheet Metal Workers Local Union No. 2 has been the community building both the heart and skyline of Kansas City. For more information, go to sheetmetal2.org. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. 
please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live with Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope. We're talking Chiefs. Please join us with your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. We're coming to you from Chiefs Training Camp at Missouri Western. And uh, we are we are inside because outside, as any Chiefs player will tell you over the last few days, been pretty brutal <laughs> with the heat. They But they've got uh, they got through it. And um, and temperatures are supposed to break starting tomorrow. That'll be uh, of great relief for Herbie and Sam, who are going to be at camp every single day uh, during. Uh, uh, hey, t- it's two weeks and one day before the preseason opener, right? August fourteenth at San Francisco, so it'll be here before you know it. Okay, like I said, others came to the podium today at um, you know at, at Chiefs camp, and I thought one of the most interesting things I heard today was from Willie Gay. The, the, the second-year linebacker who, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we, we just we hadn't seen him in person often because everything is done through, you know, for the last year and a half through Zoom calls. And every, we all know the story about not, not being able to participate in, um, you know, in, in OTAs to, after the, you know, the 2020 season. And, um, and that was difficult, especially for the rookies, and I want you to hear what Willie Gay had to say about his rookie season and the run-up to his rookie season. Man, honestly, last year, I'll be honest, man, uh, you know you have confidence as a player because you know, you've been doing this your whole life, but well, you can't prepare like you, like you normally do and uh, you don't get that, you, you get a new playbook, confidence level goes down a lot, you know. So uh, having OTAs, having this good training camp that we're at, we're at right now, man, uh, and learning even more. It, it, it boosts, boosts it up a lot. So, you know, and being able to make plays, being able to understand the scheme enough to make plays, you know, it really helps. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. And, um, you know, being very honest about how he felt during – it's something you can't say during the year. And, of course, he was hurt at the end of last year, did not even go – I think I heard this right, and I remember it right, didn't go to the Super Bowl with the Chiefs last season because of the injury. But, I, Sam, I thought he was – kind of refreshingly honest with that comment. Yeah, he said something I think we all suspected and talked about a lot last year, which is one of the reasons, because the athleticism's always been there for Willie Gay. I mean, I, I, I think he's been the most impressive defensive player on the field so far in training camp, and he attributes that not to anything, um, any skills that he suddenly picked up in the offseason, but purely just because he knows the playbook. He knows where he's supposed to be. He said that Last year, um, because in college you can get away with this, that he will look at the quarterback's eyes, and that's how he would play defense. And that that fooled him so many times last year um, that he realized, you know, he, it, he already had an understanding of this, but he had to learn the playbook if he was going to play. And now he's in spots based on the playbook and the scheme, not based on where the quarterback might be looking. And if there's a guy who will teach you not to look at the quarterback's eyes, you would think it's the guy he's facing every day in training camp. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, he was uh, a, c- a couple of guys were asked about that about having to d- defensive players get into uh, basically practice against the best quarterback on earth, and I had some some good answers there. But uh, but yeah, look for for Willie Gay, uh, I, I'm expecting big things this year from him. And he had another comment too. I thought uh, Vahe, I know you tweeted it out. He had a comment about uh, Nick Bolton as well. What did he What did he call him? Um, a, a monster. I think uh, he went right, right to the monster. And then he, he said, uh, 
I think the way he said it was it's a, a shorter but wider yeah, a little bit version shorter, of himself. A little bit shorter, a little bit wider. <laughs> and I and I may have missed the best part of the quote. I think it might have had something to do with how he uh, how hard he hits, or I, I don't know why he would be seeing that though right now. But how how uh, I, how the intense his intensity. There was something in between those that I uh, I didn't tweak because I didn't have the right wording, but it seemed like it was something good. <laughs> yeah, look, I thought he was good throughout his interview today, and I think uh, we'll have a story on him coming up in, in the next couple of days. Uh, okay, as it, it, some days you, know, you get to the, you, the the press conferences after practice, and they're you know they, they, they don't turn out. It's on us, right, to ask the the right questions and to bring up the right topics. Uh, I thought there was a, a nice moment today. Uh, I think it was Aaron Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 asking Tyreek Hill uh, about a story that's sort of been percolating in, in social media the last couple of days. Uh, would did, did did help me out here? Did Usain Bolt say something originally about Tyreek Hill, or is it going? Has it been going back and forth for a while? How it did was, this get started? Yeah, I think the latest was on the Pat McAfee show just yesterday, maybe, and. Uh, he was referring back to some stuff that that um, he's been tossing back and forth with Tyree Kill over the last couple of years. They did kind of a modern version of the Superstars competition at the Super Bowl in 2019. I think they became pals then. It was stuff like who could blow up a balloon the fastest and, you know, who could win that hand slap game, you know, where you do this. Um, just, just goofy stuff like that. And then somewhere in there, Usain made mention on the show yesterday that uh, – Tyreek's been basically nagging him about about running, and Tyreek finally uh, tweeted yesterday, you know, basically along the lines of "line up and let's go." Then, um, and then today, today, of course, Tyreek uh, doubled down a little bit and called <laughs> called Usain Bolt old and and uh, and uh, other other uh, various sundry other things. I think we can assume it's all very much in the spirit of playfulness. And I don't think we're going to see them racing anytime soon, but uh, I, I'd like to see them in the 40. Heck, it's maybe more entertaining this way anyway, but here is what Tyreek Hill had to say about Usain Bolt today. You really think Usain Bolt and y'all lining up sometime soon? I'm going to tell you like this, man. You, Usain Bolt got out of the game for a reason, right? He's old. He's washed up. And he can't see me in 40 yards. 100-yard dash? Yes. That's what he do. Before the yard dash, if y'all re- recording this, you saying boat, you cannot see me. <laughs> I love that. That that's that's tremendous. Washed up. Yeah, techni- technically he's not wrong, right? No, he's not. He retired, right? He's and he's he's thirty four. You know what is funny? I was I kind of wrote a little bit about this today, but one thing with Tyreek, you know, there's always that little faint undertone of uh, uh, Olympic swagger, right? He 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 is. He talks like the guys who run the hundred at the Olympics. You know, every every chance he gets, he refers back to his speed, <laughs> and of course, we indulge him too. Um, but it, so it's very much that same mindset. It's a sort of a playful trash talk. Uh, I guess sometimes the Olympic guys aren't that playful, but most of the time, it's really just kind of playful and and uh, <laughs> it kind of he always has a little different wrinkle with it. It's usually pretty funny. Never not entertaining when he's talking about his speed, right? And I think was it uh, we, we we determined that it was while he was in 
was it while he was in college, either at Oklahoma State or or after that, it, uh, he had the like the, the he would have finished sixth in the Olympics in the two hundred that year, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it was 2012. It was a senior year of high school, actually. Oh, okay, okay. His time uh, would have been sixth at the London Olympics in the two hundred. Um, and uh, it, it, you know, it does leave you wondering whether if he had chosen to make that his sport where that might have gone. But I, I do think that was sort of the premise of what I was writing about today. I think he, he found the right sport and it's not just because of his speed it's because of what he's uh, done to ramp, ramp up the speed, so to speak. All right. Okay. So in a tradition that dates back to yesterday, uh, we are going to ask these guys, what's the best thing they saw at training camp today. <laughs> and um, Herbie, uh, I will start with you today. What is the, what is the best thing you saw at training camp today? Sadly, it's not going to involve number 88. I, I, I'm stunned Jody Fortune did not make my observations. Hey, I, there, I, I have two of them, and they both involved McCole Hardman. Uh, the first one, streaking down the field, Patrick Mahomes launches a, what looks like a gorgeous pass, but at the last pass possible second, cornerback Shaverius Ward was able to reach around and knock down the pass. The, the crowd on the on that side of the field just let out a loud roar because that was a very good play. But to me, McCole Hardman splitting safeties, Juan Thornhill and Daniel Sorensen straight down the middle of the field during team drills, and Mahomes drilled him for what would have been a 55-yard touchdown. Excellent. Okay, Sam, uh, what was the best thing you saw in practice today? Well, it's nice of Herbie to take two when there's four of us. Um, cause the, uh, the, the Tyree kill play was great, created separation from Sorensen, which is important. Um, but we also, uh, I thought Willie Gay, like I said, I thought he was the best player in the field today and very early on, he had a pass deflection and I just think he's been in the right spot more than we saw him in the right spot last year. And so I'm, I'm going to go with Willie Gay. I, I think he's been fantastic for three days now. Well said for a couple of reasons, Sam, how about you, Vahe? But, uh, I'm going to both pick Herbie up and let him down by saying I'm 99% sure there was there was a, a, a nice uh, ball sort of angling in, maybe maybe kind of a, a post route that uh, Chad Henney completed to your guy, Jody Fortson. And it was uh, I thought it was a good 35, 40 yards downfield um, and a, a really precision pass. And I know uh, as <laughs> the star studded group uh, before us is 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 uh is coming to life. We're not going to be talking about those guys that much, but uh, it, it was a nice little moment. Plus, it was the only play I saw. <laughs> That's good. All right. Um, Dan asked if uh, Mellinger got cut. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just a short answer. There's uh, you know, Sam just did not make the cut up here. No, Sam's been out this week, and we expect him up here in St. Joe next week. Looking forward to catching up with uh, with Sam Mellinger. Hey, um, the best thing I have seen this week up at training camp, I, I, I meant to mention this earlier in the week, was if you haven't been up here um, and, and you're planning on being here in St. Joe, you will notice that the Chiefs and Missouri Western have created a, uh, a hill on the far side of the field, similar to the one that's uh, you know exactly like the one that's on the, you know, I guess on the what would be on the north side of, of the of the field. So. There's great seating for fans now on uh, in both end zones, and what a 
I'm, I'm, you know, in seeing it now, you just, and I'm sure the Chiefs feel this way. We should have done it years ago, but it was a hats off to the, 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 whoever had the idea to do that and the execution. It's really a great place. So there's more seating and, uh, and, and, uh, more better seating at, uh, you know, for watching Chiefs practice at Missouri Western. The Chiefs are practicing again on Saturday. They're off Sunday and then pick it up again on Monday. And speaking of Monday, we, we, we will be back with you that day, 3 p.m. for a Sports Beat Live talking Chiefs from training camp. Uh, we'll see who shows up that day, but I'm hoping Herbie, Sam, and Vahe will be here. I know I'll be here. So, Looking forward to it, and big thanks to our sponsor, the Sheet Metal Workers Local Union Number 2. Thanks to all of you for uh, contributing your questions and comments. You make the show go, and help us do it again next Monday. Beth Welsh, thanks to you again, and we'll talk to you again next week. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sports BKC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Chiefs. And a shout-out to photographer Tammy Youngblood. She provided the audio for today's podcast. Links to stories about the Chiefs and training camp can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs at training camp, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you send to me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.